book in a bag. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of A Book and a Bab! Oh my god, oh my god, that's so amazing! Oh my god, oh my god! Look, you can see why, we're very excited this week, it's a very, very exciting week. You are not prepared, and really, how could you be? You haven't seen us literally manifesting this since January of this year, and you also haven't seen me and Bryony literally praying to the SJM gods every single week for this series to be pulled out of that fishbowl. And then on top of that, Claire and Ellie have just been staring at that series on their shelf just like, please, please, God, let us love this series and let us read this series. Anyway, that series is... Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass. You asked for it, we listened. We also may have asked for it quite a lot, but that's fine. <laughs> but yes, this is the first book that Sarah J. Mass ever published. Just Fuck a wee up. baby. It was originally published in 2012, and it's actually the 10 year anniversary this year of this little sweet baby. It's also it's, fitting. You're very emotional. We're very emotional. It's fine. Everything's great. I'm really sorry to that one person who hates it when we squeal because there is absolutely no way you're making it through this episode. There is so much squealing already. And already. it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. We'll put trigger warnings. Anyway, this book is apparently a Cinderella retelling and it tells the tale of Selena Sardothian, who is a young, blonde and deadly assassin who was caught. She's basically pulled out of jail, a.k.a. a slave camp, to compete in a competition that basically will earn her freedom if she wins. Yeah, it's just an assassin competition. There's nothing big, epic or otherworldly to see here, right? Right? <laughs> nothing at all. Anyway, so what are we what are we drinking tonight, ladies? Well, Selena is one of my favourite characters of all time. She is a girl after my own heart, and in that way, it's because she has a huge sweet tooth. So in mm. honour of her sweet tooth, I am drinking vodka mud shakes. Oh, my God. That's a blast from the <laughs> that, past. <laughs> that is going to tear through your bowels. That's oh, going to... Give me a whole new asshole. So I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Georgia, have fun being her desk buddy tomorrow. <laughs> Literally. Oh, dear. Well, to capture how fucking excited I am about this book and this series, I'm drinking my favourite drink, champagne. <laughs> Last time I did drink this on the podcast, I was very worse for wear the next day. So I will try <laughs> and have some self-control tonight, but we will see how that goes. We shall see. We never say never on this podcast. <laughs> nope. Especially not when drinking's involved. Mm-mm. No, never. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking red wine because I just feel like it's fitting, you know. It's the blood of the, the people that she killed when she was an assassin. True. It's also like the challenge with the poison and then when things mm-hmm. go very wrong in the last fight, you, you, you've got it. You're thematic. Yeah, exactly. It is red wine and it's also one of my favourites and it's also 
it's also a charity wine that was giving oh, money no. to the homeless. They were $5 each. I got seven bottles because I can't not, when people pressure me, <laughs> I crack. Okay, wait. You know, I thought the wines were going to the homeless people and then you no. just took seven of them. <laughs> You're like, not for <laughs> you. That's <laughs> my no, favourite, no. sorry. You can sorry, suffer in sobriety. No. <laughs> suffer through your homelessness. Sober. Mm-hmm. Sober. <laughs> Oh, oh my god we've taken a already. dark turn already <laughs> anyway how did we all feel about the series i feel like we've already established how we all feel about it but let's go okay deep breath Ronnie. you've got this <laughs> it's fine for years i walked past this book in the stores and went oh that looks cool but it wasn't at like the top of my tbr list so it just waited and then i started reading this series in i think it was 2014 and my life changed forever at it might be 2015. I think Akatar had come out. I'd read the first book and I went, oh, the author's got another series. I'll read that as well. With Akatar, Feyre as a character and her growth had such like a deep personal connection with my soul. Selena is just someone I just vibe with. Like she is a soulmate, your bestie. I just love her. And this book doesn't prepare you for what's to come in the series. It just gives you like a light sprinkling of intrigue i adore it and it's just such a comfort series to me and one of the things i do adore the most about selena is that she yeah she's skilled she's vicious but she also loves desserts and she's not ashamed of the girly things the more feminine things that she likes she loves herself (laughs) she's Mm. confident in who she is and loves her body scars and all she loves the pretty things clothes makeup dressing up and like for a girl like myself who felt like she didn't really belong in the feminine group of girls growing up I used to really despise it like I still to this day struggle to wear pink um Mm. because I had like this weird notion and like I come up against this weird thing with femininity but Selena was just really healing for me in that way oh she's amazing she really is she's my favorite character of all time Mm. and I'm intrigued that this was just a sprinkling of what's to come Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, for everyone that is video, prepare to watch me and Georgia struggle with poker faces for the next okay, no, seven episodes. It's all right. I'm not going to be asking for spoilers because I want to like read. And if you dare Google things, I won't Google. I won't. I Google. swear to God, we will. We will disable Google from your household <laughs> for the next internet. six months. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, because with Akatar, the whole reason I stumbled across that series was from Book Talk. So I had already mm. re- listened to people's reviews of that series. So I sort of already knew the Feyre and Reese plotline before even starting the series. But with this, I don't know anything. I know the characters' names. I know that Georgia is obsessed with Rowan. What is his mm. name? That's all that I know. Come in. He comes in ages <laughs> yeah. later. Yes. Yeah, that's all I know. So I'm really, really fucking excited to just see how this all unfolds i already want to cry for book one this wasn't too bad this wasn't too shabby i quite enjoyed it it had all of my favorite things it had a kick-ass female assassin descriptions of fashion a little bit of trauma which you know me love that Mm. and a love triangle kind of not really but kind of yes all of my favorites just wrapped up into one beautiful book also SJM, she just does an amazing job of writing action scenes. The way she just builds intensity, it is just epic. I was even nervous during the training run where they all are like <laughs> running and she has this, like, even that, I was like, oh my God, is she going to stay in the middle? What's happening? Why is she breaking out? 
Again, no idea where the story goes, but if I have my pick of love interests, it is, now how are we saying his name? Kale? Kale. Kale. Like the lettuce. Like the lettuce. Okay, Kale. (laughs) Like the lettuce. Okay, I'm not, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to ask you guys who she ends up with. It's fine. Hey, if if it were me, I would have, I would choose him. Uh, Perfect. I love this. This makes me heart, my heart just, Mm. the joy I feel right now is phenomenal. (laughs) Any any depression in my body, gone. (laughs) You're like one of those people who, if you've like already watched a series or a movie and you're sitting there with your friend who's watching it for the first time and you're just staring at them, watching their reaction to everything, that's what you two are like. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that Kale is your favorite because from the beginning he really, really was not. He was. It was old Dorian for me. Oh, so really? that's why. It's, that's why I'm like, oh, okay. I he, still liked just, Dorian. Just, he was nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, I liked them both. Mm. Um, yeah, I liked them both yeah. in book one. I, I was honestly like, oh, I don't know who you you're gonna pick, but like, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm. Um, at this point, like, why not both? Why not both? Exactly. Why not both? I'm going to come out here and be controversial. I think Dorian and Kale have a very beautiful friendship. They do. That could they be gay. Do. They do. be gay. <laughs> they do. Oh, it's okay. giving theirs for the night vibes, and I'm not, exactly. I'm not mad about it. Theo, Galen. <laughs> anyway, so um, let me just start off by saying this series is fucking amazing. It does start off relatively slowly for me. Like I do, like it's not by any means I like House of Earth and Blood. Like it's not that slow, but it just takes a little bit to be like, okay, this is what's happening, but it is a fantasy series. So that's expected because you don't know what the fuck you're getting into. <laughs> it holds such a special place in my heart. Like Selena is one of my all-time favorite comfort ca- comfort characters. She is strong, she's sexy as hell, and she just beats the shit out of people. And I just love that for her. Absolutely love that. And this is also a little bit controversial, but on my second time through this series, honestly, I can say that I think I love Throne of Glass more than <gasps> it. Than Akatan. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They hold different they hold yeah. different areas of my like okay. I they're different in many ways, but I just think the further you get through the series, there is just so much emotion and it's eight books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's eight books of loving these characters, of being in their world. And when it finishes, like I was like dying. And now the second time through, I'm like, this is going to hurt me 10 times more. And even though I know, I'm like, I'm just going to die. <laughs> the story of Akatar is really amazing, but the characters in Throne of Glass just hold it for me. Yeah. Like they are just I, I think amazing Akatar, and brilliant. Akatar, yes. it's obviously, it's what yeah. brought us all together. Mm-hmm. If yeah. Akatar had this many books and this much time to grow with them, you'd have to say, but this is just, this series is, an, is on a whole other level. It's so, so amazing. So I am extremely excited for us to continue on. But this book alone, it's just so good. There's so much building and, like, yes, this book is a lot off topic from the rest of the series almost, but it lays small stepping stones that will continue on through. So the rest of the series is a bit different, but Mm -hmm. it's still on the same path. Sarah J. Mass wrote this book when she was 16. Sorry, yeah. what? She was a wee baby. She was a teenager when she wrote this, I'm fairly sure. Mm. Oh, yeah, so like, this is the first book she's ever published. She is a Caucasian teenage girl 
this is the story she puts out. Okay, so this explains all of the exclamation marks within the exactly, text. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh all my right. goodness, 16. That's insane. So should we get into Let's it? Let's do We've it. Got something very exciting for Bryony. Oh my goodness. I, love I haven't maps. even re-looked at this since I've learned where we are. I love maps. So much. I love lamp. And obviously we've got all these names and we don't really know what any of the fuck of them are. No. We're, we're just in here. We're just in here. This is all all we know, this book, this tiny bit where it's got oh. Arlen and Dovia, Oak Cord Forest, Rifthold. That's where we are. We don't leave this bit. But, yeah. In, in this book. In this book. But this is the continent they refer to. Question. Mm-hmm. If this is a continent, is Perithian also a continent? If I not was to look at a big map. Not on the big map okay. of this year. Interesting. There's another continent that you, you see, like Wendelin, and then there's the southern continent as well, but not in this one. Okay. Good All to right. know. Okay. We're moving on. How are we pronouncing everything? <laughs> okay. So... I have listened to the audiobook of this. Oh my gosh. So I know a lot of the names. We'll start off with the main characters. We've got Selena, mm-hmm. Dorian, Kale, Kale. Dorian, Nehemia, Ardlin, Terrison. Um, what about the Caitlin woman? What's her name? Caltaine. Oh, Caltaine. See, I just uh, prescribe Western names to all of these people. So Selena yes. was Selena. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Caltaine is. Caitlin. And then there's like Endovia, Ardalyn. told. Yeah. I think Gavin. Um, Gavin, <laughs> Elena, Word. Oh, um, Word. Which is the Word W-Y-R-D. Um, Fleetfoot. Mm. <laughs> that's that's pretty basic. Arabin. Arabin. Like aerodynamic Arabin. in a bin. Yeah. Arabin. Aerodynamic in a bin. <laughs> it's where he fucking Bell belongs. Haven. Oh. oh, an ill way. Oh, yeah, Ilway. I think that's it for book one. Yeah, I think so. All right. Obviously, there's there's some pronunciation things like all fantasy books, so bear with us while we go on this journey. Chapter one. So, you know we love a good opening line. It can basically make or break a book. So, we get this. After a year of slavery in the salt mines of Endovia, Selena Sardothian was accustomed to being escorted everywhere in shackles and at sword point. Ooh. You're like, oh, <clears throat> shit, what's happening? Selena, she's a woman, she's in the salt mines, what is going on? But she's That's dangerous. Shackles. We meet our main character, Selena, who has basically been pulled out of her normal um, jail routine and is being led somewhere. They are trying to confuse her, but alas, she is too smart for them. And she's basically being led by someone new who is Kale Westfall, the captain of the Royal Guard of Adeline. This makes her very anxious. She tries to remember the mantra she has for herself, which is, I will not be afraid. (laughs) God, it's a beautiful mantra. It's a beautiful mantra. It's a beautiful mantra. It's great. That's Um, amazing. Immediately, I like her. She is mm-hmm. like, well, I was beautiful once, but that doesn't really matter now because I'm a slave. Also, I am too fucking smart for all of these people, and I wonder how many of them I could kill. She's like smart, <sighs> tactical, vicious, and I think I'm in love at this stage. Mm-hmm. I think we all are. I think we all are. Imagine that, being able to look at someone and be like, I could kill you with my bare hands. I would oh. fucking love that. Mm. I would have so much power. <laughs> That's how a man would feel. Oh, anyway. oh yeah. <laughs> so for some background information for you all, the salt mines are filled with essentially slaves 
prisoners of war, criminals, people who have been accused of magic fingers because magic is no longer allowed. We don't see it anymore. No magic. Ardalan has nearly conquered the continent. So they're like Russia, essentially. And they're... <laughs> oh, fuck! Well, if you compare the king to Vladimir Putin, am I that far wrong? You're not. You're not. No. no. But there are only anyway. a few nations who remain fighting against them. So Selena is pulled before the crown prince of Ardalan, and his name is... Dorian. Side note, I'm fucking terrified of mines. Like, terrified. I just, there's no need to be going that far underground. I would not cope. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said of blinds. And I was like, you mean the ones that are on the window? Like curtains? <laughs> so I, that is very unusual, Ellie. It's a very weird thing to be afraid of. Also, and not it doesn't have, <laughs> have anything to do with anything. <laughs> Would have put it past me. Yeah. Right. Okay. The captain takes his hood off, and Selena is like attractive, attractive. No. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We all would. Selena, it's fine. She does refuse to bow for him. But then the Duke Cuntington, as he shall now be known, it's a good slams name. Her into the floor under the guise of showing respect, and it's like, look, Lord Cuntyface. Fuck off. We don't know who you are at this point. You're probably a little bit too fat for the shirt that you're wearing. That's just the vibe that you give off. Mm. Just take a back. Little man syndrome. Mm, Very much so. That is spot on. Anyway, the crown prince gives zero shits for it and sends Duke Cuntington on his way. Bravo. At this stage, we get our first good look at sexy prince pants. Dorian Havilliard. Havilliard. Havilliard? So that is how they used, that's how they pronounced it. That just Havillard. sounds so broken. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Okay. Doesn't it? Have a laugh. You know what? Fuck it up. Here we are. I'm going to give it to culture. Havilliard. Like a billion. Havilliard! <laughs> <laughs> Dorian Havilliard! Right? Okay. He has much black hair. He lives in a vineyard Sorry. with a billiard. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It just keeps going. He's got so many hobbies. <laughs> so he has lush black hair, striking blue eyes, and all the charm you would expect of a fairy tale prince. Selena is mentally comparing how attractive Dorian is when compared with herself. She describes her eyes as warring hues of blue and green, offset by a ring of gold around the pupils. And along with her gold hair, she says that she was once blessed with a handful of attractive features that compensated for the majority of average ones. I love that. <laughs> I love it so love much. Love that for her. But basically, they discuss her current predicament, you, you know, being enslaved in the salt mines and all that kind of jazz. It, that is um, a predicament. That is a little bit of a predicament. We discover that basically Endovia's average life expectancy is one month and she has been there for an entire year and no one can escape. She has basically only tried to escape once when she snapped, you know, just had a little slip up and uh, killed 23 sentries, an overseer, and was a fingertip, just a wee fingertip away from the wall to escape, which is the closest anyone has ever been. So that's fucked. We all um, have bad so mental yeah. health days where we kill 23 yeah. people. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, she's just going through something. Let her, let her be. When you when you actually find out what she's been through, Stop. I'm like, look, look, you can kill him. <laughs> I ran ahead, sweetie. <laughs> 
So the king has basically decided that he needs a champion and is hosting a competition. And were she to win, she would serve as Adeline's assassin for a couple of years, basically, and then would be granted her freedom. Selena is Dorian's pick. But he wants her to fight under an alias. That's right. I was like, it's alien, but not. So he wants her to fight <laughs> under an alias as no one knows her true identity. Basically, what he means is everyone will be a very bit embarrassed if um, they find out that basically a girl as an assassin was murdering them all. Yeah. Um, which is like, oh, that's too fucking bad. Some fragile masculinity for you. It is. Basically, she agrees to the deal, but she it's supposed to be six years. She has to be under the king's champion if she wins. She gets it down to four. So that's good. Good on her. So it's just four years she has to do it for. We love a negotiator. Mm. Well, she is then scrubbed raw. Which, that, that phrase, scrubbed raw, mm-hmm. no one really needs to go through that. No one needs to be raw. Mm-mm. No one. Unless you're raw talking it. But even then, have some form of <laughs> protection. But Jesus Christ, Ellie! Well, uh, first thing that came to mind. Anyway, her back injuries end up being cleaned out because she has whip marks in her back, but not from the fun whipping, from the bad whipping. Oh, God, Ellie! I'm sorry. She's, I just... she's what, like seven, not even seven? She's 18. She's of legal she's age in South Australia. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. So it's fine, okay? And it's not her uncle. So we're all okay. Mm, that is true. But How the whips we're... are, like, super fucked. Like, the, the lashings on her back are apparently just yeah look that doesn't sound like a fun time also how did she become such a renowned assassin at 18 you just have to keep breathing to find out oh okay all right sure no worries i can do that well (laughs) anyway remember because remember assassin's blade is set before oh which is right this one is this one is chronologically before this one but it came out after this one (laughs) okay yes all right all right i say we will go back and we will find these Details out. Cool. Yes. I can be on board on that. Well, anyway, she's malnourished, which doesn't sound like fun, but she is still committed to kicking ass and taking names, and we respect that. We do. Mm-hmm. The next morning, she is awoken by Kale and sees sunlight for the first time in a long while. She also sees some dogs and pats them, so we know that she can absolutely be trusted. It's we like know. as soon as we hear that, like, oh, the dogs normally don't like every, just anyone, and she goes up and pats them. Uh, like, well, did you did you see in this book that uh, Kale doesn't like dogs? Wait, what? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. He says read- that literally <clears throat> in this book. Okay, I retract my he, earlier statement. I no longer He doesn't choosing. like dogs. He doesn't like dogs. He is no longer my love interest. I literally wrote it in my notes being like, I officially cannot trust him now. <laughs> yeah, or Why? it's like he doesn't like animals or something. He doesn't like animals or he doesn't like All dogs. Right. I can't remember. All right, Kale, we don't like you either. You're named after <clears> a <throat> fucking plant. Dale lettuce. Exactly. It's Dale lettuce. Well, anyway. Selena is then chained from her horse to Kales as they venture on out of the salt mines. She does decide that she will spend the ride just chatting aimlessly to Kale in like a one-way, basically, conversation, <laughs> which essentially describes all of my conversations with my partner. She does this quite frequently. You'll notice throughout, even throughout the entire series, she's just like, blah, 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 she's blah, like, blah, blah, to anyone that will listen. <laughs> She's Nothing like, personal, but she just likes to chit chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, a bit of a chatterbox. 
Mm-hmm. We love her. Mm-hmm. Well, we do <clears throat> end up finding out that Kale is 22. And as we've already said, Selena is 18. So of legal age. But side note, why do all of the main characters we've encountered have to be teenagers? I mean, I do realize that it is a YA series, but I just, she at 18, no. When I was 18, I was just fucking clueless. You're not wrong that every YA book, like the main character is either 16 or 18 on the cusp of becoming like an adult and figuring their shit out when then their life goes horribly wrong and they have to figure things out. We, so we find out by way of background, which is established. Her mentor, Arabin Hamel, was the king of assassins, and he had found her half submerged on the riverbank at the age of eight in a land called Terrison. She's never returned to her homeland and accepted Arabin's offer of a new life, a new name, and instead of being handed over to be murdered. The king of Ardalan had banned magic, and then magic fully disappeared after that. It was like, I know where I'm not welcome, goodbye. However, that didn't stop the situation from becoming a whole witch hunt across the continent with book-burning suppressive regimes and all of that jazz. Even people who had magic in their bloodlines had forgotten about it at this stage because it's been a couple decades or whatever the fuck. No, it's been like 10 years, 10 years at this time. So people have just kind of forgotten, you know? They've moved on with their lives, everyone including Selena. Oh, interesting, interesting little side note. We will come to discuss that later, I'm assuming. Well... Two weeks later of traveling on horseback, Dorian pulls Kale and Selena aside to take in the view of the giant glass castle in Rifthold, which is the <clears throat> capital of Ardalan, which architecturally seems quite impressive, although you'd have to think it'd get quite hot in summer. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah, a sauna. Just a giant hot box. Yeah. Ooh. So... Mm. I'm sorry, I'm making everything sexual. I don't know why. Continue. So, Kale comments that Andovia must have been awful. And it's like, no fucking shit, stale lettuce. (laughs) Um, And then we get this quote. They chained me to the others and I enjoyed my whippings with the rest of them. But the overseers had been instructed to treat me with extra care and took the liberty of rubbing salt into my wounds, salt that I mined, and whipping and whipped me often enough so that some of the gashes never really closed. It was through the kindness of a few prisoners from Ilwe that my wounds didn't become infected. Every night, one of them stayed up the hours to clean my back. Literal mm. salt in the wounds. That yeah. they, some of them never properly closed. No. So she's just got like the open gashes that, that would have down pus. her back. Yeah, that'd have a lot of pus. That would have oh. pus. Mm, don't get infected. Throne, the off. throne of pus. The throne of pus. <laughs> the throne of the pussy. <laughs> oh no. Terrible. Well, that night, Selena is woken from sleep with a nightmare of being buried alive, which just sounds fucking terrible. She stares at the night sky and the approaching city and thinks magic was dead. The Fae were banished or executed, and she would never again have anything to do with the rise and fall of kingdoms. She wasn't fated for anything, not anymore. Just a little bit of foreshadowing there, and the girls are staying very quiet. So moving on. (laughs) We get a paragraph in Dorian's point of view. 
Dorian watches her from the other side of the camp while she has this little moment, and he thinks that she is beautiful but strange and can't help but think, still, the image haunted his dreams through the night, a lovely girl gazing at the stars and the stars who gazed back. Far out. That's probably your your first taste of us just freaking the fuck out, so I'm so sorry. For a visual reference, Georgia is wearing her book as a hat. <laughs> yes. For those people that don't like to break their book spines, don't look. Don't don't look at the YouTube look. videos. I Georgia literally they gone. Proceeds to snort into the echo chamber <laughs> of her wine glass. Okay. They arrive in the city. And Selena is given rooms in the stone part of the glass castle, which is like the foundations. Um, she raids every nook and cranny in her rooms and makes a makeshift weapon out of bobby pins, which I was just like, I love this. Happy for you. She is then outfitted by a tailor and we meet Philippa, who is her lady's maid. We are then in Dorian's point of view as he is meeting with his father. Turns out Dorian isn't a big fan of dickhead daddy and neither are we. And, yeah. you know, that's surprising because he does sound lovely. He even gave his such a beautiful, eye-watering advice to his dear son, which was to marry a proper young woman, have a son or two, and then just go off and fuck around, which mm. is what you want in all men. Mm. <sighs> Selena mm. is then on a tour of the castle with Kale. We discover that Dorian's little brother, Holland, is an absolute vermin of a child. Um mm. And Selena visits the giant inky black stone clock towers that are spooky as hell. We get these spooky black clock towers as well as the library. Selena is in bliss in the library but asks why there are no guards in the library. And Kale says that they have no use there because there's no danger in the library. And we get this quote. Oh, how wrong he was. Libraries were full of ideas, perhaps the most dangerous and powerful of all weapons. I love it. Foreshadowing. Oh. Just, Foresh- not just in, in this. general, just in general literature sense, people who overlook mm. books. Okay. Well, stale letters then says she isn't allowed to read any of the books as she isn't a noble. Fuck you, stale letters. Why did I like this person? <laughs> Can someone remind me? It gets towards the end of the book and he doesn't yeah. become so stale. Okay. Yeah. Well... Right now, we put him in the decrisper like... and then he's just fresher. Yeah, he's okay. a little bit fresh. He's a little bit fresher. We've turned him into a kale chip with a little bit of salt. He's a bit tasty. Mm-hmm. But right yeah. now, he's just like a bland piece of fucking... Wilted lettuce. Wilted lettuce. Not, mm. not ideal for anyone. Anywho, Selena takes it upon <laughs> herself to write to Dorian, begging for access to the library, which... As listeners to this podcast, we can all say we would do the same in that situation. We would. We would. Dorian I would might... 100% <laughs> let Dorian do de- absolutely deplorable things to me if I could get access to his library. I would, let... in fact, let him yeah. do deplorable things to me anyway. Mm, I was about to say. I was about to say. <laughs> Let's be honest well... about our standards here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Lord Teddington. No. 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 Nope. No. I would literally... Book. I would just beat the shit out of him and then get the books anyway. Beat him yeah. with the shit out of him with the books. <laughs> with the books. With the books. Don't beat him off with the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and so many paper cuts. Paper, yeah, I was going to say, Jesus, how? Oh, the chafing. 
<laughs> we could start a fire <laughs> with with his wood. <laughs> Is it an STD? No. No. It's a different no. type of burning. Anyways. It's just book friction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what's wrong with us? Anyway, Dorian so has her seven books he has read recently and enjoyed, along with granting her access to the library, despite the fact she's not noble, which... Good job, Torian. I wish you had a better name. And then they become book buddies. If they were on TikTok, they would be, what do you call them? Book fairies. Yeah, book book fairies. fairies. Book fairies. Mm -hmm. Well, the day of the contest then begins and Selena sits on her balcony and overhears some ladies talking in the gardens. And a particular woman is having a little gas bag about how she's trying to catch the eye of a certain prince. And she suggests in this conversation that Selena is a whore. I believe the phrase is harlot, but a whore. A common whore. A common whore. A whore. (laughs) A whore. So as (laughs) any of us would do, Selena sends a pot plant off the edge of the balcony (laughs) that becomes crashing into this woman's dress. And I was like, yes, that is... Yeah, that's the energy we want. Yes, it is. It is indeed. And then we move on to the next chapter and basically Kale comes bursting through her door um, and he's like, we've got to fucking go because she's playing dress-ups this morning. She's like in a pretty dress. She's like, I'm going to get dressed up. Puts on a very pretty dress and then Kale's just like, "Uh uh-uh, time to go. Doesn't give her a chance to get chained out of her pretty little dress. No, he just grabs her and then is like, we're going to meet the king. Come on fuck let's go anyway she is not having a good time she is scared shitless of the king and she also can't breathe in her corset so she's just very much not having a good time basically kale notices that she's very pale and he grabs her arm and says her name and when she looks at him all he says is you look rather pretty today which thanks bro uh, I'm in the middle of a fucking panic attack. I don't need you to <laughs> fucking give me praise on how I look. I need you to get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right? <laughs> fucking hell. Selena and the other competitors are brought before the king, and Selena is inspecting the other competitors while they do the same, and the king lays out the competition's rules. It's going to go for 13 weeks. They've got to train every day. They'll be tested once a week, and those who are lacking in any department really will be eliminated they could die or they will be sent packing whenever the king feels like it yeeted um, from the chat yeeted from the chat um and the week after yulmas the four remaining champions will battle for the title the king himself will only be around for the final fights because he's got jobs to do after they leave, Dorian finally tells her the full plan. She is not, in fact, Selena Sardothian in this. Instead, she is Lillian Gordana, a jewel thief. And his whole game is that she'll be considered a non-event and just a pretty girl playing in the big leagues. And she can bamboozle the competition by staying firmly in the middle until it is too late. <laughs> if there's anything we know about the patriarchy is that they will assume that a woman, let alone a pretty woman who likes dresses, is useless. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we stab them in the throat. Anyway. Yeah, then we kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes. <laughs> so 
basically Caltain appears. She attempts to lure Dorian's attention, but Dorian is just, he's, he's not having it. He's like, whatever. He's um, a slippery sucker. He is. And Kale basically hates that Dorian and Selena share the same sense of humor because him and Selena are both kind of just like low-key dicking at Caltain, like very low-key, but making a joke about it. Um, but we, on the other hand, sorry, stale lettuce, love the banter. Love it. We do indeed. Selena is awoken early the next morning by <laughs> Kale. Which, the way it is spelt, reminds me of chaos. I just was thinking it was chow. Yeah, I see both of those. So, keep in mind, the whole first time, like, I'm reading this as it's coming out, no audiobooks in sight, and I'm like, chow. Like, chow, chow, but with an Oh, Oh God, that's a lot. That is really a lot. Anyway, well, Stale Letters comes in and says, yo, wake up, competition begins. And she's like, well, fuck me. And Maybe later. The, competi- <laughs> the competitors are then brought to a part of the barracks where they can train. And Selena gets to finger some weapons. <laughs> Why? Ellie, what the fuck is up with you? <laughs> I really don't know. Ellie's, Ellie's like, horny. there's no smut in this book and I'm I not- need to outlet it. <laughs> Ellie's fucking on it. Tonight. She's like, I feel dog. like. I've been um, corrupted by Georgia. Look, let's blame blame Georgia. (laughs) I will accept the blame. It's fine. So she basically starts sparring with Kale and she describes the way that they spar like it's dancing. But basically they fight back and forth for a while and then he trips her and he wins and he's like, you should pick up a weapon that will make me sweat. And we get this quote, which I really enjoy, which is, You'll be sweating when I skin you alive and squeeze your eyeballs beneath my feet. Beautiful. <laughs> Poetry. Like, Poetry. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> we are the same person. It's getting alarming at this stage. <laughs> it is. It really is. So we then meet <laughs> Theodus Brullo. I think that's great. Well done. Theodus Brullo. He is the weapons master and a judge of the competition. Basically, Brullo makes all the competitors introduce themselves like it's an AA meeting. So they're all standing around. Hi, my name is Georgia. Hi, Georgia. I'm an alcoholic with a serious smut addiction with severe mental health issues, and this is my second week. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Look, I have too many problems to list in one sentence. Yeah. I'm going to (laughs) try. Anyway, some of the notable competitors are mm-hmm. Kane. He is a beast of a man, and he is the one to beat. He he reminds me of Shrek. <laughs> That's really all I'm picturing him as, but as I could, like the Caucasian I, version of Shrek. I picture him as the mountain from Game of Thrones. Mm. He's a big, big man, big man. We then have Knox, who is cute, and I want to eat, keep him. <laughs> eat him, keep him. No, just just keep. Let him We're eat me. I want to fuck Knox. He's he's my fuck oh, for the book. He he. There is a little sure. bit of a visual description in somewhere in the book. Well, mm. Brownie, he can eat you then. That's fine. Yep, I'll fuck him. You'll claim. I'll him. take it on cool. for the team. Right. Anyways. Then we have Bill, and I'm not going near Bill because Bill, his nickname is the Eye Eater, because he does yeah. in fact eat eyes. 
And that's not what you want, really, does in a bedroom partner. No, does in fact eat eyes. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Then we have Ned, a.k.a. the Scythe, who actually uses a Scythe to kill his victims, which are predominantly women, so he sounds lovely. Yeah. Then we have Varen, which mm-hmm. sounds like vermin. Yeah. I picture the guy, and what's the- his name of Harry Potter, the little rat. Oh, Peter Pettigrew. Mm, Peter Pettigrew. Little love of a boy. Yeah. And then we have Grave, because that's a lovely name for a person, who is also chained, which says a lot about his character. He's chained up amongst assassins. Yeah, but obviously he's not that good, because clearly we find out what happens to him later. Mm. Anywho, Selena is laughed at, essentially, for being a petty jewel thief, because remember, she's not Selena, she's Lillian. But Kale reminds her that this is the plan. Like her ego is sort of kind of getting the better of her and she wants to prove herself amongst these misogynistic fuckwits that we have above mentioned, not Knox, but the rest of them. Mm. The champions are then sent to run to check their fitness. Selena ends up vomiting. Yes. But that won't stop her, which is not relatable because that would essentially stop me. Oh, yeah, Definitely. I'm already down. I'm already mm. out. If I vomit, I will that's too it. vomit. But when they finish training for the day, Kale is basically walking with Selena around the grounds when they bump into Caltaine and a woman from Eelway. She's basically described as she was stunning, long and lean, each of her features perfectly formed and smooth. Her white loose dress contrasted with her creamy brown skin and a three-plated gold talk covered much of her chest and neck. Bracelets of ivory and gold glimmered around her wrists and her feet were sandaled beneath matching anklets. A thin circlet comprising dangling gold and jewels crowned on her head. She is the Princess Nehemia Yutiger of Eelway. That's mouthful. It yeah. is, and I'm not sure I might have just butchered it, so I am really sorry, but I, yeah. We're yeah. trying. We are. Well, Selena can't help herself and bows to meet her and then greets her in Ilway, which shocks everyone, but delights Nehemia. And they continue to talk in this other language. And like that, it would have to be one of the coolest tricks you could have. Yeah. Like, you just bust out another language. Yeah. I'd really like to really know cool. Russian. I mm. feel like that's going to be a skill we need. Mm. <laughs> You're not far off no. there. You're not far off. Anyway, <laughs> they get rid of Caltaine and escort Nehemia. So Selena and Nehemia become fast friends, and Nehemia asks her to keep her company while she's in Adeline. We're then in Kale's point of view, and the king refused his selection of guards for his weird, mysterious solo trip and wouldn't give him any details, so he's a bit stressed. And then some of the royal hounds were also found, like, half-eaten in part of the castle, so that just seems pretty chill. From Kale's internal monologue, he is trying to still be mean and distant with Selina because she is a vicious killer, but he's finding it incredibly difficult to do so. He's waiting for the day when she turns on them all and he wonders who will be left standing out of the two of them. Ominous. The Ooh. training then progresses and slowly Selena is able to push herself more and more because SJM is nothing but a lover of a training montage. She loves a training montage. That she does. I do too. I don't care if people are sick of it. I will never not be sick of it. It's Neither. amazing. The day before the first contest... 
Kale doesn't show up, which is surprising. All of the competitors, competitors walk in with their guards and they all line up. And then Knox begins to make small talk with Selena. And again, Bryony falls a little bit more in love with him. Understandable. Another competitor named Pelon, mm. who is a tiny assassin, which sounds very cute, pipes up and says that he heard some of the competitors <clears throat> talking about the Eye Eater. Do you guys remember Bill? Yeah, Bill. He was found dead. And apparently his body was in ribbons, which that's, yeah, that doesn't sound good. That's a problem. Your body mm. should, in fact, be intact and not in ribbons. Um, <laughs> Your body should, in fact, not be in ribbons. It, <laughs> it is not the standard um, set-up conditions for your body. It's um, not Your body is not conditioned um, to be in ribbons. It's not. No. So Selena can't help herself, and when Varen and Kane start to laugh at her, she shows off her, like, impressive aim. She ends up giving Knox some tips on... How to throw, I think they're throwing daggers at this stage. And Knox says that the next time they train, she should seek him out and that his gold is on her winning the whole damn thing. But I immediately am in love with immediately. him. Immediately. It's fine. Kale finds her later in the day and they exchange backstories. Kale was the son of a lord due to do great and noble things, but he's abdicated his title to serve in the, the royal guard instead. Dorian and Kale have been friends since they were children, and so he's essentially chosen to serve his friend. Selena's parents, on the other hand, died when she was eight, and she was born in Terrazin before becoming an assassin. Kale asks about a scar on her hand, and she says that when she was 12, Arabin decided to he would make sure she was skilled with both of her hands at sword fighting. He wanted her to be ambidextrous. Um, to do this, <laughs> he gave her a choice. He could break her right hand or she could do it. So Ooh. she ended up slamming her hand in the door so many times that it took months to heal. That's a problem on a lot of levels. There's just a lot That's to unpack a DCP. There. Yeah, no. Not that they'll do no. anything. <laughs> no, they will not. No. The department was aware that Arabin, in fact, should not have had children. <laughs> However... They were understaffed at the time, so yeah, YOLO. They, yeah, well, in up. fact, they do not YOLO. <laughs> that is, that they, it, is no. in fact the problem. The children are not living. That's the problem. <laughs> they um, are, in fact, they are dead. In fact dead. <laughs> oh, no. How did we get here? I can't ask that question anymore because the answer is never going to make sense. Next chapter. It's the day of the first challenge, and it's an archery contest. The men are making fun of her, and she ends up being like, well, fuck this, and gets bullseyes on all five shots. Definitely not, you know, hiding middle of the pack. But basically, Kale and Selena are running one morning, and Kale basically can see her three. She's got three very, very big scars on her back, and he can see them through her shirt. And she explains that she got 21 lashes on her first day in Endovia and that the only thing that saved her was a slave woman from Iwe. But that slave woman was actually raped and murdered that day when Selena snapped and basically she that's, she snapped and she killed all of them and that raped this Iwe woman. She made them pay. She made them motherfucking mm. pay, which fair enough, go go 
go team, go. Kale basically asks if Selena was ever raped when she was in Endovia, and Selena says that she scared the guards too much for them to touch her. That day, they are training with the other champions when one of them actually tries to escape, and he basically gets shot and killed straight away with an arrow. Just straight through the, pretty sure it's through the throat or through something. Yeeted from the chest. He's super, super bleak. Rest in peace, my dude. We'll see you in the next life. He definitely did not YOLO. <clears throat> anyway, see ya. We're in Dorian's point of view again, and he's been forced to attend court and hates it. He is so bored of everything. He feels like there is something inside of him that does not fit in this world anymore. Turns out all he needed to do was look at, like, an assassin from a slave mine one time and think she's kind of hot when she looks at the stars, and he's like, this is not the life for me. I have decided I would like to Um, be an assassin and stare at the stars. He leaves court and is just getting away when he comes across Selena training. Princess Nehemia is applauding her work, and Dorian is like, this seems like a very problematic scenario. So he intervenes. Selena and him have some banter with some sword innuendos and somehow Selena ends up roping him into sparring with Nehemia. Which is hilarious. Said sword innuendo, which I adored, quote here, apparently a woman can only go so long without a sword between her hands. <clears throat> quite enjoy that. Well, Selena can't help but think that Dorian is charming and handsome and slightly kissable, which I feel like because Sarah was 16 when she wrote this, she's saying kissable, but we all know what she means. Fuckable. Absolutely fuckable. Mm-hmm. Kale then breaks up the moment and sends her away. And I'm torn. She does seem to have a better connection with Kale, but she wants to fuck Dorian. And what do I want more? Why not exactly. both? Next chapter, we are actually in a new person's POV. Guess who that is? Caltain. Caltain Rompier. Caltain! Wesley learned that she is over being a minor lady and she wants to get the crown. But she's basically trying to get information from Duke. Dickhead, Duke, fucking cunthead. Huntington. Huntington, that's right. Huntington. Duke Huntington, while also plotting against our girl. But basically, Duke Huntington can't give too much away and he's also, you know, a gross fucking pig. Yikes. We are basically skip from that back into Dorian's POV and Kale is like, don't be friends with Selena. Don't, don't do it. And Dorian is like, you're just fucking jealous. And now I'm like, they both like her. They both do. It's happening. But we do learn more about the dead champion and how his innards were yeeted from the chat. So that is a double yikes right there. Very problematic. Yeah. You'd like your innards to remain innards. In. Your innards don't yeah. need to be outards because otherwise <laughs> they would be outards, but they're innards. But they're innards. They should remain in you. In you, not out mm. you. Your innards should stay in no. and not be outers. Firmly in you. <laughs> so Selena is on her own after bickering with Kale about the whole jealousy scenario and is feeling a little bit sappy. So she eyes off the piano fort, which I'm assuming is just a regular piano. And she hasn't played it in a very long time since she lost someone by the name of Sam. And I had a dog called Sam who died. So now I'm picturing Sam as a dog, which I know he's not. I'm just not okay. She wonders what he would have thought of all of this. And we find out that he was involved in some sort of betrayal that ended up getting her caught as well. 
Oh my God. She ends up basically playing this beautiful, beautiful, sad song. And she like, plays a few, I think, but she just keeps going and going. And it's all of her emotions are just taking control of her in that moment. And we get this quote, which is, she was surprised that her hands had not forgotten that somewhere in her mind, after a year of darkness and slavery, music was still alive and breathing. That somewhere between the notes was Sam. She forgot about time as she drifted between the pieces, voicing the unspeakable, opening old wounds, playing and playing as the sound forgave and saved her. I'm not crying. I'm what are you talking trying. about? I'm assuming this is going to be worse when I've read it. So much worse. Yep. But basically, Dorian is actually just like chilling in the doorway, absolutely mesmerized by her playing. He interrupts her and Selena is like really embarrassed. He asks how her and Kale are getting along because he's trying to make some small chat, trying to, you know, get her mind off whatever the fuck is going on inside that terribly traumatic soul of hers. And, you know, it's definitely a very innocent question you know, how are you and Kale getting along? And there was not one little hint of jealousy in that. Not one at all. It is pure intentions. Pure intentions. Absolutely. Non-bone town No, no, no. But they end up arguing, as Selena says, that she would prefer to be hated than to be seen as his lover. And she knows he's basically using her for a bit of a thrill and to break up his boredom. And he asks if she was playing the piano while thinking of like a past lover. And she says that she was. He asks if her lover is still alive and she didn't answer at first. But when he's like nearly outside the door, she says his name was Sam. And then she explains that he died 13 months ago. Dorian apologizes, but the music haunts him long after he leaves so we leave that trauma moment where i'm crying and it's fine and we're at another challenge yay selena is dangling from the castle wall which is very exciting the test is to climb the castle and capture a flag and bring it back down they were only allowed to select one object to aid them with their climb and she has chosen a tin of tar that helped her feet and her fingies stick to the wall selena is keeping to herself and making like a clean break for the flag kind of there's the clean easier path which everyone is taking and she's kind of chilling on her own when she hears knocks cry out Grave has basically pushed Knox off the wall and is cutting his rope and she has to make a quick decision. She ends up quickly sliding down the wall, steals another mercenary's rope and leaps off the wall to save Knox. She like, it's a whole dramatic sequence. She's shimmying down. The rope is being cut. She grabs another and then she does this hero leap and it's just, oh. She manages to catch Knox in time, but Kane ends up winning the challenge. And she's seething about losing because if she wasn't trying to keep in the middle of the pack, she would have just beaten Kane. But it's all too late now. Knox is last and Selena places just before him. The only thing that saves Knox from elimination is the fact that Scythe, remember that guy? Scythe? Scythe? Whatever you fuck face. He fell off the wall, so he's gone. He's yeeted. He's dead. <laughs> that was literally one of my favourite scenes. Like, that's like the first time you see her being, oh. like, the good, like, the good in- person that she is. It's like the... It's like the the, the first time you really get the taste of, like, she is 
a protector. She has this other, like, she's got the skills and she's really, like, being smart about what she does. You see her putting her skills to the test and then she has to have this hero moment, mm. which she doesn't, she's reluctant about, but she does it mm. anyways. And you're just like, that's beautiful. Is It is. But she's still upset because she essentially lost. Yeah. She's unhappy with herself. And she ends up discussing with Kale the, her training with Arabin Hamel, the king of assassins, which that sounds like a really cool title. Mm, it does have a... Imagine that. Mm, does mm. have a ring to it, putting that on mm-hmm. your CV. King of assassins. That, that sounds a bit too overqualified to be working at Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> Can pack a shelf mm-hmm. and kill people. Uh, competent in Microsoft applications. <laughs> As well as sword wielding. I'm just, I'm saying that Excel is in the Microsoft applications, but it's definitely not Excel that I'm competent with. Oh no. Anyways, <laughs> all of her training, which he oversaw a lot of, she was required to pay him back for, which sounds a bit rich because it sounds like she started training with him when she was eight. I'm not sure why you should make a child pay you back. But anyway, as I said, DCP would have been alerted to this gentleman a long time ago. They would have had a a notification that they put in their inbox and just never looked at. Kale and Selena then bury the hatchet and their friendship continues to blossom. Whilst another competitor ends up dismembered, which is just like a a juxtaposition. Growing friendship, dead. (laughs) Dead, missing limbs. Dismemberment. (laughs) It's a few weeks later and our girl has passed another two tests. She wakes up one morning from a terrible nightmare where she is back in the slave mines being whipped and Kayla's there. Apparently it is Sam Han? Hewn? Sam Hewn? Sam Hewn today. Sam Hewn today. Mm. It's a holiday. It's a religious event where there is a feast and bonfires to give thanks to the gods for the coming winter or some shit. Good. Thumbs up. Also, ghosts are around Mm. that night. So, after the religious service, Dorian bumps into Kale, Nehemia, and Selena. Selena and Nehemia put Dorian in his place, and it's entirely enjoyable. While walking, the trio come across Kane, drawing some. Something in the dirt near the clock tower. Just being, a, he's just doing some finger paintings. He's doing some dictation. <laughs> yeah, he's tagging it. Dictation. <laughs> but Nehemia calls what he drew a word mark, and apparently it's part of it, like an ancient religion long ago. And we get this quote, which makes me love Nehemia even more, which is Nehemia looked after Cain, and her dark eyes narrowed. Something about him makes me want to beat in his <clears throat> face. True. Beat him in the face or beat in his face? Beat, beat in, in his, his face. face, I think. Oh, beat, beat in. in. His face is being beaten. Not beat in. off. I thought. No, she's not beating I thought she was like face. beating eggs in, <laughs> in his face. <laughs> Scribbles up some eggs here quickly. <laughs> He's like splashing all over his face. <laughs> Have you got some parmesan by any chance? We digress. Basically, then. Nehemia does this thing where she like stares at Selena's forehead and she's like, are you sure that you don't know about the word marks? And it just makes me feel so uncomfortable. You know, when someone stares mm-hmm. at something on your face and you're like, what? <laughs> but anyway, she then says that she thinks that 
our girl is hiding something, which is actually true because at this point, the princess still thinks that Selena is Selena is living. Yeah, that's it. But basically, they make a deal that Nehemia will teach Selena how to properly speak Ilway because at the moment she's speaking like common Ilway, um, like just like the bare basics, yeah. that kind of stuff. And Selena will teach Nehemia how to speak the common tongue properly, which is awesome. One night, Selena is sitting in bed, but she can't sleep. And she's staring at this tapestry in her room when she realizes that the tapestry is moving. She peels it back and we have, I'm going to make a reference now to a show I I love called Avatar The Last Airbender. You guys aren't going to get it, but it's fine. Someone will. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. (laughs) Anyways, moral of the story, Selena finds a secret tunnel and I'm very happy about it. She follows the secret tunnel down and it ends up leading her to this place where she can access the Avery River. She could escape if she wanted to, but yeet, they're not going to know. She decides not to. She follows another tunnel and ends up being able to spy on the Great Hall where she can see that all of the other champions were invited to a feast, but she wasn't allowed Which to Which is super fucking weird still. Like, I just hate it. It's like they're trying to sell the idea that she's actually not this big threat and yet she can't do the things where the serial killers mm. can. But anyways, she sees Kale get up and legs it back to her room. So she makes it back to her room and then Dorian is standing in her doorway watching her sleep, which is problematic. Mm. Yeah, don't do that. Just just a solid tip out there for don't anyone do listening. Don't watch your partner sleep. Mm-mm. That's fucking weird. <laughs> She's fallen asleep, fully dressed, reading a book. Relatable. And, yeah, I think we've all been there. But Dorian is wondering if the flirting between them was one-sided or if there is something more when Kale appears and throws Dorian out of the room. Because he's like, what the fuck are you doing here watching him sleep? But Kale then, we get this description that Kale says about Selena, and I'm really not too sure how I feel about this. He says, she was still in her clothes, and while she looked beautiful, that did nothing to mask the killing potential that lay beneath. It was present in her strong jaw, in the slope of her eyebrows, in the perfect stillness of her form. She was a honed blade made by the king of assassins for his own profit. She was a sleeping animal, a mountain cat, or a dragon, and her markings of power were everywhere. Now, I am unsure. Like, I think it's like, is you know, it's one of those, like, backhanded compliment type things. To be honest... I don't think he knows what no, he's doing. No, he's either. very confused. No. I like Except that for the she's dragon. apparently um, a noticeable killer because of her jawline. Her jawline. And, and eyebrows. <laughs> While she looked beautiful, that did nothing to mask. Like, as if it's like, I just, this is the whole thing about our friend Gail. He's just like, how dare she be a Stressed killer? Or beautiful. <laughs> and beautiful. She can't be both. But anyway. <laughs> why did why did I like him? Guys? Just wait. Because he, well, he does find out. It's fine. Stick yeah. with it. Okay. Thank you. So Kale basically got her a present, even though he's not really too sure. His feelings are all finagled. Fin- it's a ring. It's a very nice little ring. She's like having this conversation and she falls asleep mid-sentence. So AKA she does a Georgia and he covers her with the blanket and leaves. This is a natural Georgia thing to do is fall asleep mid-sentence. I do. I've done it multiple times to Bryony, like mid-conversation. <laughs> We're like at Ellie's house having a sleepover. Georgia and I are sitting in bed next to each other talking about all things Sarah J Mass and literally mid-sentence, she's out. <laughs> yeah. Just, and we were watching just gone. Shrek the other weekend and there I am. You were singing along and then you were out. 
Okay, guys, so what we're going to do is we are going to actually leave it here for tonight. What we're going to do moving forward is probably, unless we are amazing, brilliant people and can smash out like four hours of recording in one night and then still get up and go to work. Let's the next be day. realistic. Let's be realistic. It's not that. It's if we can stop talking shit. Yeah, look, it is. Yeah. We just blabber Which we can't. For fucking hours. We spent about five minutes on scrambled eggs. Just before. Five yeah, minutes. a whole joke, a whole joke on beating <laughs> off. <laughs> beating off yeah. face. yeah, look, we're going to leave it here. And what we're going to do moving forward is likely post Wednesdays as part one of the episode and then possibly post on the Friday or the Saturday a part two to the episode. We'll go from there. That's how we'll do it. And we'll record in two separate parts so that we don't die. And yeah. If you guys think there's a better way of doing it, let us know because we're open to suggestions, but it's just a lot to record in one night because, yeah, it takes us like six hours because we just talk so much shit. Talk so much shit. We do. And we also want to keep you guys waking a week for part Mm. two of one book. And we also want to make sure that we're giving this series as much time as it needs. Mm. We want to dive into everything and we don't want to give you like a half cut thing. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. On that note, don't forget to do all the likes and following and subscribing. And this is going to go up on YouTube as well. And then we will see you in a couple of days for part two. See you lovelies. Bye. Bye.